Welcome, everybody, to the Northern Electric Vehicle Experience. My name's Ron. I'm your host, and Happy New Year, one and all. I hope you all had a great holiday and New Year and Christmas and whatever else you might separate. Um, I had a good time. It was relaxed with all the stuff going on. We didn't do much, uh, but we had, you know, our son and his girlfriend over, and uh, that was a very nice dinner. Had her parents over. That was also a very nice dinner. Um, good people all around and good times. I hope you guys all had excellent times yourself with friends and family, and I hope you you definitely celebrated safely. Anyways, to move on, welcome to a new year and a new season of the Northern Electric Vehicle Experience. Welcome one and all. Uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about EV charging and if it is really cheaper than fueling with gasoline or diesel. Um, what brought this one on is actually I read an article uh, on Yahoo News. It sort of forced itself on me um, that suggested that the idea that uh, fueling with electricity is cheaper is not really true. Now, if you read it, in detail, um, you will find that the premise is, is not really true at all. Um, they, they, they essentially say that, and it's an American article. Um, so it's based on American prices and American ideas that, uh, while it's more, exp the original department of energy uh, study back in 2020 suggested that the price of fuel and the price of electricity, uh, and how many kilometers you can, or miles you can drive on a, on a kilowatt of electricity versus miles on a gallon of fuel, uh, said that driving an EV was, was cheaper. So it may be more expensive to buy one, but that it would be cheaper over time. Um, some company that, uh, uh, let's see, has an interest in the, in the vehicle industry, a company called Anderson Economic Group, uh, a respected economic consulting firm with decades of auto industry experience. In other words, decades studying uh, gas and diesel vehicles and probably little to no uh, understanding of the electric vehicle market and is probably somewhat biased. I'm not saying they are, but I frankly don't agree and it is my opinion. Um, let's see what they say. They say that, you know, the DOE says the uh, average cost of electricity for an EV is four cents a mile, which means it costs $9 to fully charge a battery with a 200 mile range. And by comparison, gasoline is seven to $10 per mile. Um, Let's not go into all the, the, the datas and numbers and, and whatnot. It's not, uh, it's not really going to interest you that much, but essentially they're trying to say that, uh, because the cost of electricity is higher in some other jurisdictions that, you know, the DOE's numbers are not correct. Also, if you charge at a fast charger, 
it's significantly higher than if you charge at home. Therefore, the DOE's numbers are not correct. That they, they say that the DOE's numbers are skewed towards people who charge at home from cheaper residential electricity. True as far as it goes, but only as far as it goes. It The vast majority of people um, live in single-family homes in North America. It's different in other parts of the world, and it is different in urban areas. But in North America, the vast majority of people live in single-family homes and can very easily set up a charger and and charge from relatively cheap and expensive electricity. If they have time of use uh, electricity pricing, they can take advantage of that as well. I will poke a hole in, in this article or in the study. I'm not sure which, because it says in the article that the study found that commercial charging rates are two to four times higher than residential rates. Eh, might even be more. Um, level one chargers, also, sorry, the the, stu- the DOE numbers don't account for the cost to plug in or to buy a charger uh, to use at home. And it says a level one charger costs an average of $600 to install and can take 20 hours to fully charge an EV. There's nothing right about that particular statement. Level one chargers are the ones that operate off of a regular household plug, a 120 volt circuit. They generally come with the vehicle. Um, I'm not sure of any vehicles that don't come with a, a level one charger already in the trunk. If you want to buy it online, you can get them on Amazon for a few hundred bucks um, or less. They're not really very expensive. And the cost of those will obviously go down as, as mass production uh and economies of scale take hold. Um, and it also says that it can take 20 hours to fully charge an EV. That number is utterly meaningless. If you have a 20 kilowatt battery, it can take, you know, 20, 30 hours to charge that with a one, 120 plug. Um, if you have a 75 kilowatt battery, it's going to take you a few days to charge that thing with, with a 120 plug. These numbers don't make any sense at all. It's not level one. And you don't need to install a level one. You take your fingers and the regular old plug that's on the end of the thing and you plug it into the wall. There's nothing more you have to do. You might want to make sure the circuit is a as a dedicated circuit. In that case, you'd have to install one. But... Most of these level one chargers now also have ba- have protection for overload, so it doesn't draw too much. You can also set in your vehicle or in the charger itself to draw only say eight amps instead of fifteen if you know it's a, if it's a non dedicated circuit. Um, it also goes on to say level two chargers are much faster, but cost sixteen hundred dollars to install. No, it just says costs $1,600. That's not true either. You can get half-decent level 2 chargers in Canada for about 600 bucks, And it could be as, as inexpensive as free to install them. 
uh, if you already have a plug in your garage, which some people oddly enough do, um, if you have like a, a dryer plug or a welding plug in your garage, you get basically your installation free. You get a level two charger with one of those plugs on the end of it and Bob's your uncle, you're good to go. The truth is, and, and bear in mind, the prices I'm saying, the 600 bucks for a level two charger, that's Canadian dollars. Let's be more realistic. Let's say 700 bucks for a decent Canadian made level two charger. No bells and whistles, just a straight up level two charger. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. You can get that for in an inex, inexpensive amount. Um, also, your installation costs can vary greatly. Um, what they're quoting here is, a, as I would call it, a, a worst case scenario. If you have an electrical panel in your garage, really easy. You're going to get that installed for probably less than a few hundred dollars uh, Canadian. If the electrical panels in your basement, most of the time it's near your garage um, or that front corner of your house where your driveway is, because typically builders will bring in the electrical services under the driveway. Um, so, or beside the driveway, they don't usually come through the middle of your, of your lawn. Uh, there's kind of a standard to these things. So your electrical panel is usually right in the corner of your, of your basement nearest to the road and nearest to your driveway. It's just coincidental, but it tends to work out. If that's the case, you're looking at five to $600 usually to install your, your receptacle and your circuit. Um, if you have to upgrade your panel, that could get very expensive. But if you have to upgrade your panel, you probably already had to upgrade your panel anyways, uh, as the new economy, the new, um, uh, new energy revolution is going to you know, demand more service, not less. Um, that said, it still hurts to have to upgrade your panel. If that is the case that you need to upgrade your panel, because say you only have a hundred, a hundred amp panel, um, and you've got some other things on there that kind of use up that amount, you can, you can uh, still go with your 100 amp panel. You just would need to buy a, a device that will monitor um, your panel and your charger to ensure that you're never overloading your panel. Um, it's fairly inexpensive um, and it'll prevent you having to do an upgrade on your, on your electrical panel. Uh, but there, there's multiple ways to skin this cat. You can also most uh, level two chargers, 7.2 kilowatts are operating at about 30 amps. Usually like they will go on a 40 amp circuit, but a 30 amp uh, is how much they draw. Um, you can have the factory usually uh, change the dip switches so that it'll only draw say 20 amps if that's what you've got available max. Um, it'll take longer to charge your car, but it'll still be better than plugging in that, uh, that 110 circuit, uh, uh, charger. What else can we say about this here article? Um, it goes on to say, considering all those factors, a reliance. Okay. The. Chargers, sorry, 
they're saying it's misleading when you charge a vehicle up to full charge because charging past 90% is slow and difficult and unadvised, which means you get far fewer miles than advertised ranges would have you believe. Gas vehicles, on the other hand, are good for three to 400 miles per tank. Um, the article is referenced in the show notes, so uh, if you... If you want to read the actual article for yourself, please, by all means, go ahead and do that and uh, see for yourself what they say. Um, this is also entirely false. Um, most manufacturers will recommend you do not charge your car beyond 80%. There's a couple of reasons for that. It's more healthy for the battery. Now, if you have to go further, by all means, charge your car to a full. Um, if at home... Um, if at home you, uh, you're plugged into your residential, uh, level two charger and you want it to charge to full, that's no issue. You plug your car in when you go home, you know, you get home five, six, seven o'clock at night. By the time you leave at six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, your car will be full. 100% full, not 90% full or 80% full. If you tell it to charge to 100% in that entire overnight period, your char car will be full. And it will cost you whatever your residential uh, charging or power rate is at the time you were charging. So I set mine to charge after 7 p.m. here in Ontario because we get a better rate after 7 p.m. It used to be as low as six and a half cents a kilowatt, but now it's more like nine or 10 cents a kilowatt after 7 p.m. So if I have a 60 kilowatt battery and I'm paying 10 cents a kilowatt, that's going to cost me more than $6 to charge my car, but not that much more. Uh, there's some losses to transmission through the wires, to conditioning the battery and so on. So maybe 650 as a guess to get me another 440 kilometers of range. Do the same thing in a gas car. I'll be paying 60 bucks in a fairly efficient gas car. So is it cheaper? Well, hell, yes, it is. It is miles cheaper. And as far as the 90, 80, 100%, if you're going on a road trip, you charge to 100%. If you're going to a DC fast charger on the road, you only charge it till your charging curve drops off, which is usually somewhere between 80 and 90% based on your vehicle. The charging curve is the design of your car's charging infrastructure. When you plug into the DC fast charger, the car will, will talk to the charger and say, Hey, do you want some power? And the charger or the charger says that to the car and the car goes, yeah, I want power. Charger goes, well, how much can you handle? The car goes, well, I can handle a hundred kilowatts. So boom, charger goes, okay, get ready. Here she comes. And it gives them a hundred kilowatts. Now, as the car gets warmer and the battery gets warmer, the car might go, hey, you know what? I'm good for 120 kilowatts now. So you're going to see if you graphed it out, you went from like zero and then you went boom, 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 all the way up to 100. 
and then you level off for a little while while the battery is conditioning and getting ready. And then when you go up to 140, it goes boom, 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 up to 140. And then it, it'll sit there because say that's the max capability of that car. Some go, will go 300 kilowatts, like a Porsche Taycan. I think it goes 350, but whatever, way a lot. Um, it gets up to this very high level and then... And then it will, the, the charger in the car will continue to communicate back and forth. And as the battery in the car gets more and more full, it says, oh, I can't ram it in as fast as I could before. So charger, slow it down. Let's go down to 100 kilowatts. The charger reduces its flow to the car and it continues at 100 kilowatts and then it's getting more and more full and the charger and the car talk and it slowly goes down, 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 down. Um, that's the charging curve. It goes up, stays level for a while, goes down. That's kind of a normal charging curve. Um, what you want to pay attention to when you're charging at a fast charger is when your car is doing 100 kilowatts charging and then it gets down to like 20. You do not want to stick around after it starts to drop that significantly. You're going to be somewhere between 80 and 90 percent of your car's capacity. You don't sit at a fast charger charging you 20, 22 bucks an hour um, trying to stuff those last few electrons in your battery. You will take as long to charge that last piece of your batteries. It took you to charge the entire front, uh, 80, 85%. So you say, okay, thank you very much. Stop charge, hang it up, pay your bill and off you boogie to the next charger. You will have, depending on the kind of car you have somewhere around three, 350 kilometers more range. Now, if you got something like a, a Hyundai Ionic five, you could be, that could be 18 minutes for you. Um, uh, Volkswagen ID four, 35 minutes, uh, Porsche Taycan, something really small, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Ford Mustang Mach-E, I think it's closer to 40. My Chevrolet Bolt EV, like an hour. Um, so it, it varies. And when you're buying your vehicle, you're going to want to really pay attention to that charging curve based on your needs. If all you ever do is charge at home and this is your runaround town car, you're never going to have fast charge on it anyways. Don't get one that's a lot of money that's going to charge really fast because you're not going to use it. But if that's what you need, by all means, get that. The, where was I going with that? Okay, that, that's kind of how that charging curve thing works and also completely dispels what's going on in this particular um, article again. I'm not going to say that this, this article was a plant or anything silly like that, but whoever wrote it doesn't have any idea what they're talking about. This study was clearly aimed at making it look like electric vehicles aren't as good as, as they, they could be or that people imagine them to be. But the truth is they are. Are they perfect for everyone in every instance as it stands right now? No. If you live in an apartment building or a condo, 
and you do not have on-site charging, well, and you've got a problem. Um, you're going to be stuck dealing with commercial chargers, either fast chargers or slow chargers, but commercial chargers. So you're going to pay. If it's a level two commercial charger, you're going to probably pay something like two or three times the cost you'd pay at home because they have to maintain that system. They have to build it out and they have to build it out for multiple in a garage or whatever, or in a parking lot. That's not inexpensive. It's much more expensive to put that in than it is to put in, uh, in your home. Um, they have to have payment gateways, credit card percentages. I'm not defending them, but it's costly. And as far as fast charging goes, you're talking for a really basic 50 kilowatt level three fast charger you're talking minimum sixty thousand dollars to install that but think closer to 80 canadian um that's a lot of money that needs to be recouped by people charging their cars that isn't going to get recouped quickly that's why it costs what it does to charge uh, a level three at level three that fast. It's a service. It's about convenience and speed, and you're going to pay for that. So don't think you should get it for free. Choose your situation. So if you're, if you're in that apartment building, if you're in your condo right now, maybe an EV isn't right for you. And I don't like saying that because I want an EV to be right for everybody. You either have to make the commitment to charge at commercial chargers, pressure your uh, apartment building or condo board to, to put in some chargers. Or the other thing, this is why we need more workplace charging. For a lot of people, uh, if they can't charge at home, they should be able to charge at work. It should be an employee benefit. I don't mean free. I mean, it should be there so that employees can charge. And if you're an employer, do think about putting in that workplace charging. It isn't a ton of money for you to put in a half a dozen chargers, one or two chargers, uh, level two. You can charge your employees for that service. You don't have to give it to them for free. If you charge them a very reasonable rate, two bucks an hour while hooked up, and you give them the full 7.2 kilowatts, they will be happy as clams. It will also be an employment employee retention strategy because once, at least for a while, once your employer has provided a charger and you go out and buy an electric car charger or an electric car and you still live in an apartment building, if your apartment building doesn't have chargers, and your a potential future employer doesn't have chargers, are you going to leave that employer if you really don't mind it that much? No, you're not going to just jump because of the flash in the pan over there. You might jump if it's a terrible workplace, but you will, you'll probably stick it out longer. It's a bit of a retention strategy for employers and also a recruiting strategy. If you have chargers, someone who's coming to interview with you that you like and drives an electric car will go, oh, there's chargers here. That's great. I can now charge both at home and at work if I need to, or I won't have to charge at commercial charging stations anymore. I can charge at work. So there's a lot of things to consider. 
This episode is running a bit long, so I'm going to wrap it up right about there. Look in the show notes. You'll find ways that you can leave me a voice note. Uh, if you leave me a voice note and it's it's uh, clean and thoughtful, um, um, I would be happy to use it in the podcast. So by all means, please uh, leave me your, your voice notes. My email is also there. You can send me an email and uh, ask your questions, make your comments, and I will use it on the podcast. If you do send me anything, be forewarned, it could end up in the podcast. So if you don't want to end up in the podcast, tell me in the message, okay? Um, And then I'll just call you an anonymous person. Um, Thank you very much, for joining me today. I'm looking forward to an exciting uh, 2022. There are a ton of brand new vehicle EVs coming into the market. And maybe next week we'll start talking about some of the ones I'm more excited about. There is some stellar EVs coming and a lot of really good ordinary EVs for you and me. All right. Thank you very much. Well, that's it for this episode. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and check out our show notes to find a link to ask your questions and submit your comments. We really do want to hear from you. Take care, and thank you for listening to the Northern Electric Vehicle Experience.